You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everybody. Uh, I know Drew usually starts off the uh, podcast, but uh, tonight I just wanted to. Uh, uh, take a little time to to remember uh a lady that had a lot to do with me even being at auburn um my my friend's my mom passed away um I found out right before the game on saturday and um she'd been battling cancer for a few years and, and finally lost her battle battle with cancer um uh, Emily McNew was her name she was she was a great lady um she uh she could be fiery talking about some auburn sports um but um if not for her i I basically sat in her seat for pretty much every Auburn game I came to before I was a student here. And um, she was just always so kind, um, just uh, fun to be around. And um, the one memory that I will always carry with me is uh, after uh, we, I went to Destin with um, my friend Alan and his family, his mom, dad, and our other friend Stephen. Uh, the same weekend of the 2001 Florida Auburn game. And we were all watching it there and we were all pretty rowdy, as you can imagine for that game. And, um, some of the neighbors started kind of hollering to keep it down and stuff. And as soon as we win, actually it may not have been right when we won. I just remember at one point, um, Mrs. McNew got, so tired of it, she just opens the door and just yells, War damn eagle at these people uh, because they were being so obnoxious. And uh, it just cracked me up, and me and Alan have always <laughs> laughed about that moment. But um, she's a great lady. Um, she'll, she'll be really missed. And I uh, just wanted to take some time to say War Eagle, Emily. War Eagle, Emily. B- Big E. Hit the theme, Jack. Back, back, run like a wild man. I watched you struggle, and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. The correct Jordan Harris Stadium time is 8.24 p.m. Central Standard Time. I guess the correct Auburn Arena time is 8.25 p.m. Because we're always a little bit ahead. You are listening on your digital audio device to the Orange and True podcast harbored by collegeofmagnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. I am Drew, at Crow 2 on Twitter, at Crow on Venmo. You can call me Crow. To one side of me, the rumor monger, Ryan Starrett, at Ryan S. Starrett. The S is for see you later, LSU. Super ready for all room baseball. Yeah, yeah. Me too, man. To the other it's side like of me, yeah. To the other side of me, giving you full Fort Payne ASMR. A man of taste, man who lives his life a quarter mile at a time. AU Chief Buck Fama. On today's show, we bring in our uh, guru of baseball, our resident seam head, Drew McCracken. Drew, can you hear me through the magic of the internet? Through the magic of the internet, I can I can process the the dulcet the 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 tones that sure. I've been waiting to hear since some last kind of June. <laughs> yes, some kind of tones uh, that I've that I've been waiting to hear and talk to uh, since last time we spoke last June uh, in in sadder times, but now much happier. Now, Drew, help us make sense of all of this. I mean, we got baseball season coming up. You're our tour guide through the through the murky cosmos that is collegiate baseball. Uh, and it's coming up on us faster and faster every day, like a runaway train. Mm-hmm. What can we expect? And let's. But first, talk a little bit. Refresh me on what happened last year. Sure, sure. Um, last time we spoke, we were um, kind of lamenting uh, a a what could have been. 
uh, for the Auburn baseball team as they played in uh, in Omaha, uh, which still gives me chill bumps uh, to say uh, that Auburn uh, got to finish their season in Omaha, which only eight teams get to do. Um, if it weren't for um, a couple of errant plays in the ninth inning, who knows what would have happened against Mississippi State. Um, and since that time, since the loss to, to Louisville, uh, to finish the Tigers' season uh, last year. Um, the MLB draft happened. Will Holland, uh, Elliot Anderson, and Edouard Julian um, took to the pros, uh, which at the beginning of the season was pretty expected uh, to lose those three. Um, but uh, from, out of that, um, Auburn returns almost everybody else. Um, uh to, to be completely honest, uh, all the key contributors do return. Uh, the starting lineup is going to look very, very similar to you, uh, to a lot of even the casual fan um, that jumped on after Auburn basketball's Final Four run last year. Wait, are you talking about me? <laughs> well, yes, yes, name, namely. Um, but... <laughs> Um, but the, the good news off of that team um, is that the seasons for Auburn basketball and Auburn baseball mirrored each other last season. Um, so I'm hoping that that happens again um, because Auburn basketball's done done really well. I don't know if you've heard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but but, but they, they, they kind of have a big game to get you set up in all of your Auburnness on Wednesday. Um, but, uh, but no, for the most part, Auburn, um, everybody's looked really, really positive. Um, and the key contributors that are going to come in off the re- freshman recruiting class that, once again, Butch Thompson and staff put together another top ten class in the offseason. Um, everybody's been able to come in, and there are a lot of guys that, even though the lineup at card is pretty full with names that we're going to know as we go through them uh, in our little talk here. Um, there's still going to be some guys that are uh, freshmen and junior college trans- transfers that are going to come in and be key contributors, and they're going to have to be uh, if Auburn looks to make it back to Omaha this year. Now, I, I got really used to the way that that lineup looked avec Edward. It's going to be really weird to mm-hmm. see it sans Edward. Yeah. Is that – Yes. I, what are we uh, – how are we going to replace that bat? So, the there was a thought towards the end of last year that Edouard was going to be able to come back. In fact, he came out and said um, after his initial meeting with the Twins uh, that he was planning on coming back to Auburn. But due to um, other players saying no and turning down money, um, the Twins were able to come back on their offer and make him an offer he really could not refuse, um, actually – uh, really, really good money for the spot that uh, Edouard was drawn in. That means they put a dead uh, horse's head in his bed. <laughs> exactly. What's the That's Minnesota exactly bird what uh, Juicy Lucy in his <laughs> bed? Yeah, they put a lot of cheese in his bed. <laughs> yeah, it, it, well, it was just Canadian bacon yeah. and put a brand-new blue leisure suit in his bed, and, and everything was done. Um, but uh, so the lineups, the I brought that up. Because Edouard's bat really didn't catch fire until towards the end of the year. Uh, he had a big home run against, against Mississippi State in the uh, College World Series that, that really set things into a good favor for Auburn. Um, but he was a little bit of a liability at third base um, all season long. It was the first time he had ever played third. So he was learning the position as he went throughout the year and – in some instances, you could say that that uh, just learning the position kind of cost Auburn at times. Um, so uh, his leaving the position while in the at bat in the batting order is going to hurt a little bit, but in the field Auburn's actually going to get better at third base. Um, look for Auburn to move Rankin Woley, who was at first base, over to third base. Third base is his natural position when he was in junior college and coming up uh, with LSU and in uh, the Atlanta Cobb area. Um, so he's going back to his natural position. Um, and look for Auburn to put Connor Davis at first base um, to try and free up a DH bat uh, for Auburn. Connor has played first base before. Um, I believe that was his natural position coming into Auburn. 
Um, he was forced into playing in left field just to try to get somebody um, firm in there, I believe, in his sophomore season, two, three years ago, freshman year maybe, um, along with Judd Ward. Um, and then Judd was able to, to lock down the, uh, the left field position. So, so that'll be it, – it'll be kind of a two-man deal, um, putting Rankin-Woolley at third to replace Julian in the field. And then, as far as uh, DH goes, there are a myriad of players that could take that spot. Um, if you um, do, plug the website and plug my article, if you go on to the article uh, that posted uh, earlier today, uh, you can get all those names. The name that I'm going to hit on a lot um, is going to be Nate LaRue, who's a freshman. Um, he's going to play catcher a lot as well to spell Matt Scheffler. Um, so, so that will be the spot in the lineup that kind of opens up for Edwa, um, as as Rankin Woolley takes over in the field. Okay. So you're saying the uh, the mysterious tight end is not going to be playing DH? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I I I think that he's definitely going to be um, uh, one of the names that you see there. Um, big kid out of uh, Colquitt County, Georgia. Uh, John Samuel Scheffler, I believe. I can't, Schmidt. of course, you catch. Uh, Wait, yes. John Schinker? Um, Schinker. The tight end, yes. The same guy? Schinker, yeah. yes. Same guy. So has, has Samuel he been Schinker. doing anything with the baseball team the last few years, or is he no. just deciding uh, to play so he is, now? Yes. He, he came over, um, I believe he was not in fall practice, but was in spring practice, and apparently has been crushing the ball, according to the accounts that I've been able to get and my people that are on the ground there uh, in Auburn that have been watching batting practice and everything like that. Apparently he's got uh, some good pop in the bat. In fact, Connor Davis actually said, the football guy can really swing the bat, um, <laughs> I believe was the quote from Connor. So you're you're going to look at a lot of different names that are going to be able to fill that um, that DH role, and you're going to see a lot of them this weekend. Um, Auburn plays four games. Uh, we'll dive into the uh, to the schedule in a little bit, but you're also going to see a guy like Ryan Dial, um, and then a name that you guys probably heard. Um, Brody Moore, um, in the middle of the season, Brody started to make kind of a name for himself, especially in the Capital City Classic, which sadly went away this year. Um, you're, you're going to see a name like that. Or Johnny Cecilio, or Cecil, or Cecilo. I'm, I'm not sure. I know I'm not pronouncing that right, but I haven't been able to get a pronunciation. A freshman out of Tyler, Texas. Apparently, he's got a lot of pop in that I think you peaked in uh, a crow's so interest there with uh, some Tyler, Texas talk. Texas. That's right where I grew up. Yes. Exactly. He's from uh, All Saints Episcopal. Oh, yeah, okay. It's one of the two private, big private so, schools there in Tyler. Uh, but you're talking about a 6'2", 210-pound uh, freshman um, that's going to be able to swing a big aluminum bat and, and start crushing things. So, um, so there are a lot of candidates for the DH spot um, in particular. Um, it's just going to be a question of is it a left to – a lefty to righty matchup or just um, things like that on, on a particular day that are going to be kind of the determining factors for that DH spot. But I think Nate LaRue is going to be one of those guys that um, that's probably going to be the go-to or the everyday, if you, if you want to call a DH that. Um, he's going to be the predominant one that you see, in my opinion. All right. So can we uh... – we expect to see uh, several different lineups this this weekend too, since we have just the four games. I mean that that usually seems to be the case early on in the season, anyway. I think there's a doubleheader on Saturday, isn't there? You are correct. Uh, it is going to be a doubleheader this weekend against Illinois, Chicago, and Sunday. Uh, and let me just and and su- yes, you do and you play two on Saturday and one on Sunday. Um, so uh, in fact, um, if you if if you uh, time everything out right. I believe the basketball game's an evening game on Saturday against it Missouri. Is, it is. Uh, so you could literally, you can actually go um, go to the Friday game, get to see Tanner Burns and his uh, season debut. Then uh, Jack Owen will be uh, the game one starts at one. I'm going to guess that game two starts at about five. 
uh, and then Sunday's game starts at 11 a.m. And let me just say this about Illinois-Chicago. You can look at that and go, well, it's Illinois-Chicago. This is a Flames team that took Southern Miss to the regional final and pushed the Golden Eagles two years ago in their tournament. This is a team that always gets into the NCAA tournament. Great program up there. and the, It's a lot like Wright State, who Auburn will see a little bit later in the season. Just a really good, ball, solid ball club that will give Auburn fits um, this weekend, I think. It's a great early test um, for, for Auburn. So if you're, if you're looking to get in, uh, get in some, uh, some live uh, sports this weekend, Plainsman Park is going to be a great place to be to watch some really good and baseball. the weather forecast is allegedly something they're calling a sunny day on Friday. I don't really, really know what that, what that is. I, I saw the bright burning ball in the sky the other day and actually looked to my wife and said, they need to turn that down <laughs> because it's too bright. I, now, I don't Saturday, know it's going to be back to cloudy, and then by Sunday, back to what we're used to, which is miserable pouring yeah, down rain. Oh, miserable I've rain. I've got a lot of gopher yeah. wood in the backyard I'm going to put to good use here pretty soon. You guys <laughs> might see some animals walking down College Street. <laughs> <laughs> well, do we want to talk about but, the rotation uh, a little bit? Yeah, then? go ahead. You mentioned it, Absolutely. Um, yes, um, Auburn returned. This is the part that I'm most excited about because I can positively tell you this. This is the deepest pitching staff I have ever seen at Auburn since I started covering, uh, the, since I started following Auburn baseball 20-plus years ago. Wow. Um, Auburn's had some pretty good pitchers over the years, too. I mean, uh, number one they, overall. They have. Yeah. Fairly recently. Absolutely. Absolutely. But as far as quality depth that Auburn can go to throughout the season, this this staff has no rivals. Um, you've got Tanner Burns that's going to come out on Friday night and pepper you with all sorts of different stuff. And he's had an entire off season from June until just a couple of weeks ago where he didn't throw. Rested the arm completely um, with, with, again – a little bit of Steve Smith, uh, who is now the head coach over at Tennessee Tech, and then throw in Tim Hudson, who, oh, by the way, was a really good pitcher, uh, <laughs> if you've heard of that name. Um, and also the pitching guru himself, uh, Butch Thompson. Um, and this is what we so that'll Butch be your Friday for, right? It's, it's getting not just it's, the depth, but these, these top-of-the-line guys, develop, developing and, them and getting them ready for the MLB. These are the... He's had some of the best pitchers in the country over the last few years between Keegan Thompson and Casey Mize and now Tanner Burns. And and then you're going to pepper in guys like uh, Jack Owen, and you're going to pepper in guys like, hopefully, uh, who's going to be able to come out this year, and, and I'm hoping for really big things, Garrett Wade. And then I've got two other names, or three other names, that I'm going to give you in a little bit, like Hayden Mullins, Trace Bright, Drew Baker who are all going to be guys that Auburn's going to look to as contributors. But we'll, we'll get to them in a second. So your number two guy on a normal weekend, um, number two uh, on Saturdays, is going to be Jack Owen, um, who came on strong last season. Freshman year, he was the midweek starter. Uh, last season, uh, he just ascended to the number two role um, with, with much fanfare uh, and – is really one of the guys that Auburn hung their hat on to get to the College World Series. Uh, remember that Tanner Burns kind of went down after the Vanderbilt Series uh, because uh, because the umpires didn't want to call the game when it was a monsoon here in Nashville, uh, and he slipped on the artificial mound for that somehow allowed uh, in college baseball. It uh, really wasn't right for the rest of the season. Um, just just didn't have command like he like he did pulled something in his shoulder or something to that effect but um, but Jack really had to take the mantle of that number one guy and did and did a great job with it so you're talking about a number two guy for Auburn that I can think of about four teams where he'd be the Friday night guy um, around the SEC um, on Saturday on Sundays I've heard a lot for Bay, uh, Bailey Horn, um, and I, I think that that's the way that things are going to go. Um, Horn is the guy that uh, came out on um, in game 
two or three, I can't remember. I think it was game three against Georgia Tech and, and really just kept Auburn in the game um, and, and held on as Georgia Tech was able to kind of push Auburn a little bit and then Auburn was able to overpower the Jackets uh, as that game went on in Atlanta to, to round out the regional. Um, so a, a lot of big things expected for Horn in the three spot, which is which is a spot that Auburn has really struggled with. Um, and the Butch Thompson era, just trying to find that lockdown guy to win championship Sunday, if you will, as I put that in air quotes. Um, and then the all-important midweek guy. Uh, this is kind of the, the grooming role, if you will, for seasons down the road. But the midweek games are really the ones that the NCAA tournament likes to look at when they get down to that 2-3, if you're kind of almost in. Um, hopefully Auburn, with their almost consensus top 10 preseason ranking, won't have to worry about that too much. Yeah, it wouldn't be Auburn um, if we weren't worrying about something. Exactly. We have to worry about something. So um, I've got four guys that really could be that guy. Um, I, I think that Garrett Wade, as I mentioned before, I'm hoping that that's the role that he takes. Um, but I think early in the season, Auburn's going to kind of lean on Ryan Watson, who's a senior, who has been there, who has been a weekend starter, knows how to get games at least one time through the lineup. Um, but you could also see a freshman like Chase Bright, who since being on campus has really shown out and, and become a really reliable arm. Um, and then another uh, sophomore transfer out of Chipola, uh, Florida, uh, Drew Baker, who I had mentioned before. Uh, he's originally from uh, the Montgomery area in Macon East, uh, but uh, but he will be he will be a guy you either see at the very beginning of the game, or he's going to be that guy to get it to the bowl at the very end of the game. Um, he's got a very lively fastball um, uh, that. He'll remind you a lot of Cody Greenhill um, just because of his dominant fastball, uh, and that's really what he leans on. I, I think he's got a little bit of a changeup, but not very much. He doesn't go to it very often. Um, but you're talking about a guy that can hit the mid-90s on a fastball. Um, so he's going to be that if Auburn needs two or three outs to try to get it to uh, Greenhill to finish out a game this season, that's what's going to happen. Is there any hope? for Peyton Glavin this year? I, I hope so. Um, the, the one thing, because, of course, with a name like that, you, you, you have a lot of hope. Sure. Um, he, went, he went back up to the Cape this year and, and apparently got some good work in. Um, the, the issue for Peyton was that um, just getting reliable outs. Um, and once you get into conference play, there really are few and far between chances, um, and especially with how uh, with the schedule that Auburn had. Auburn had the top uh, strength of schedule in the country last year, which is something that gets kind of lost in the shuffle, um, and and that's how Auburn was really able to maintain that number two seed. Auburn probably should have been a number three with their resume, um, just wins, losses, and where they finished in the conference, but they got the two seed in one of the tougher regionals. Um, at number three overall seed Georgia Tech last year. Um, but, uh, but I'm hoping that the command is going to be there for Peyton this year. I'm looking – I look for him to, to get in it, at least in the first five, uh, five or six games. Auburn plays Alabama A&M – or, I'm sorry, Oakland um, in that, uh, that first midweek game. That's a game that I could see him pitching in maybe late in the UCF game, or uh, Auburn's going to need a lot of arms this weekend against Illinois-Chicago, mm-hmm. so you could see him there. Um, but I'm just looking for one consistent three-out stretch for Peyton because that's something that he's kind of struggled with where he can go out and get two outs quickly, then gives up a walk or gives up a, a base hit here and there, and now all of a sudden with two outs, it's runners on first and second, and we're kind of having to move um, move some things around. So – That'll be the thing to look for early with Glavin. If he can get the command that he knows he can get, which, again, he's got two pitchers um, and three pitchers, really, if he wants to pick up the phone and call Dad, um, that can give him the kind of advice that is invaluable. Um, so so I'm hoping that that's the case. Auburn's going to need somebody to get 
Auburn's got starting pitching that is unmatched mm-hmm. uh, in in the nation. Uh, they can go up. Their starting staff can go up against anybody. The back end with Drew Baker and Cody Greenhill now, those guys are can not be matched across the country. It's going to be that fifth, sixth, fifth or sixth to seventh and eighth. Those bridge guys, if you will, that Auburn's got the depth now to to really do something with. But it's going to be finding that Richard Fitz, um, who is also going to be in that mix um, as the bridge guy to kind of take over for Elliot Anderson. Because Auburn's really only had one for a long time. Now they've got about three or four that they can really work with and try to get series sweeps where before Auburn was just hoping for a win. Anything else, you guys? Uh, not necessarily a prediction on the season, but just what, what is a successful season for Auburn this year? We, for basketball, we talked about before the season, just just make the tournament. Yeah. That's what Auburn should have their expectations at. What is that for baseball right now? Well, you um, – I'll kind of lump in. The only other thing that I had was to kind of go over the schedule. Uh, a lot of people are going to make – kind of poke fun at Auburn's um, Auburn schedule in the non-conference. Uh, Auburn does not leave the friendly confines of Plainsman Park until March 20th, um, which is a little odd. Uh, there was a game, a series scheduled actually for this weekend with UCLA, but something happened uh, to I'm where uh, that game. Yeah, exactly. They don't want the SEC speed. <laughs> um, they saw what Michigan did to them and, and kind of walked away after last season. Um, but if you look at the quality of teams Auburn's playing, I've already talked about Illinois, Chicago, Central Florida makes the return trip up to Auburn. That's a team that probably should have been in the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, but we're left at, on the outside looking in. Wright State has given – talked to Ole Miss fans about Wright State and how good they are. Um, the uh, the Rangers have pushed Ole Miss multiple times in the NCAA tournament to the point where they just don't want to see him anymore. Samford always gives Auburn headaches with Casey Dunn up there. Um, Chicago State's probably the weakest series that Auburn plays, uh, but it, it – there's a reason why uh, it it backs up. It's the next series to Texas A&M and the SEC. Um, Auburn this season plays Texas A&M at home, followed by Missouri and Alabama on the road. Mississippi State comes into Auburn for a series that I can't believe only one game is going to be on TV. Oh, wow. um, Auburn has a home and home against Georgia Tech uh, in Atlanta and in Auburn during the midweek. Um, after going to Atlanta, Auburn will go to Athens to take on Georgia. Uh, Kentucky comes to Auburn. Auburn has to take the roughest road trip in the SEC to Fayetteville, Arkansas, uh, to take on the Hogs. Uh, Florida and or Florida at home, then Old Miss, and then LSU to finish the season at home. So. The goal this season, Auburn. Had, it's amazing to talk about this. The thing that Auburn really wants to do and the thing that Butch Thompson has really wanted to get is a home regional for Auburn, a top 16 seed for Auburn after a season. Um, it's one of the toughest things to do, especially in the SEC, because that if you're talking about a home regional, you're talking about finishing 500 or better in the league. It's just one of those prerequisites. Um, it's unspoken, but you kind of have to do it. Um, two years ago, Auburn was the next team to get one, um, and then they got shipped up to NC State. Um, so, but after that, Auburn's really done everything else. They've gone to a super regional. They've won a super regional. They've gone to Omaha. The next things are host a home regional and win the College World Series. Yeah. So that's the last two things, because unlike basketball, this is. The only thing different in baseball and basketball, in my opinion, is you really don't need to win the SEC baseball tournament unless you've just had a terrible season and you're not going to get into the tournament, into the big tournament. But if you're in the top 10 in the SEC, history's told us that you can be in the top 10 or top 11 and still go to the NCAA tournament. So winning the SEC baseball tournament to me is actually kind of a hurt because you have to use up all your pitching the week before the big tournament. 
Um, and, and some arms just aren't used to bouncing back like you need them to after a tournament like that. Meanwhile, in the SEC tournament, we, the Auburn Tigers have shown that you can win the SEC tournament and go to the Final Four and legitimately, arguably, arguably win a national championship. Um, but um, for this season, I'm going to go – Auburn should make the NCAA tournament. Um, Auburn should – be a regional team, a super regional team. My goal for Auburn is to host a regional, possibly host a super regional, which means that you're one of the top eight or something happened in the other regional and you get to host that one anyway, kind of like what North Carolina did this past season, uh, even though that didn't pan out for them. Um, but but that'll be my goal. Um to, to try and finish 500 in the league and host an, host an NCAA regional and get three really good baseball teams into Plainsman Park and give the, a fan base that hasn't seen a home regional for Auburn since 2003 uh, in the Arnold Huey days uh, when Auburn was a top eight national seed. I believe they were number five. Uh, and Ohio State came down and, and beat the Tigers um, in that regional. Um, but, uh, but, yeah. Uh, that that's my goal for this year's team, and it's and it's a roster that can do it. And then go win the whole thing. Yeah, that, that that's the last thing is Definitely. is to bring home the big trophy for for Butch Thompson. We got to do it. <coughs> Definitely. Well, guys, let's take a quick break here at thirty minutes and forty five seconds. <coughs> and we're back. Super, super great baseball talk with Drew McCracken, as always. One of the highlights of the year. It was great, Drew. It's the best. The best baseball coverage you'll find anywhere. I I dare you to find it better baseball coverage. There will not even be anybody on 106.7, my good friends Painter and Justin, talking (laughs) baseball like this. Unless unless they have Drew on. Unless they have Drew on or Ives. Pretty much show. (laughs) I think we're going to start naming that best friends of the show. Listen to a podcast that has... Friends of the podcast, and then best friends of the podcast, <laughs> oh, okay. based on if you win a raffle or donate or whatever. So I think all of our friends can we get of the enemies podcast, of the show, best friends of the pod. We have many enemies of the show. <laughs> I'm sure that we apparently do. lacrosse person is one of them. <laughs> oh yeah, really offended by your racist I look, I'm lacrosse not, remarks. I'm not racist against lacrosse people. Um, they are just sports. Racist I do have a really hot basketball take. Do you? Yeah, Auburn has a. Auburn's going to have a first-team All-SEC player this year in basketball. Oh, just Drew signed off. Hey, Drew. Bye, Drew. We didn't say bye. No, we didn't say bye. But <laughs> five-star Skype. We're still recording. Um, Love you, Drew. Uh, Auburn's going to have a first-team All-SEC player in basketball this year. Yeah? What's his I'm name? I'm not sure they are. Man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be more mad people this year. People are going to be mad, but I... I might have all the second team. Yeah, well, we have more than one second team. Player. Guys, so, I we, think so. Uh, so we are averaging almost 20 points a game in the conference. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. going to be our first team All-SEC player. Yeah. See, the thing that happened last year. He's also year, an excellent defender. And the year before was that you nobody. Uh, Mason Jones did do us well. But, <laughs> but nobody, people who vote for this nonsense don't care about anything but the stats. And nobody had not even advanced stats. No, nobody had a two in front of their number that they they averaged for Auburn in the year Mustafa should have been first team All SEC, or in the year that Bryson Jarrett and Chuma should have. So the fact that we're going to have a guy who averages over twenty a game, there are there are eight games left. So let's let's hope that he's averaging. Yeah, but the thing is, it's it's got to be fire because they're not going to give a Coral credit for his defense. No, and. Nick Richards could not play a game the rest of the year, and they're going to give him. Even though Okoro should, should be the freshman of the year, yeah, yeah. he still might be the freshman. He of the might year. be. He could be. I mean, although no, okay, hang on, hang on. They're going to give it to Anthony Edwards. Yeah, Edwards yeah. has had to do has had to do more for Jordan. And he, yeah, and he said that that I don't know. Would burn your has he had to do more without Dude, without actually, Isaac? We wouldn't be where we are. Actually, a really interesting piece. About <laughs> He's doing as much for their offense as Isaac is doing for our defense. Isaac's doing decent on defense or on offense, right? He's, yeah, he's really. It's got to be at least twelve points a game. I read, oh, yeah. a, I read an interesting article about how uh, most, most one-and-dones go to Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, and how the ones who don't, how, it, how oftentimes it ends poorly for both the player and the school. Mm. And they, like, during that season, 
And he said, no time has that been more evident than Anthony Edwards' stint at Georgia. Like, this has not gone well for Georgia. Ben Simmons at LSU. Yeah, he, that was another Sexton. example. What? Was Colin Sexton? Uh, Colin well, Sexton. And he said Colin Sexton might be the best example of actually ending them. okay. Yeah. Like, true. he actually well, was a top I mean, five pick, and Alabama didn't the end okay for the school. Yeah. They made the tournament. Uh, okay. That's not yeah, traditionally. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Georgia <laughs> got fired the next year. Georgia and LSU. LSU did not make the tournament, Ben Simmons. And I don't think Georgia has a chance. Wait, did LSU not make the tournament? I thought they were, no. the, I thought they were the one seed in the conference. They were the, the one seed. The they no. Did. They were the one seed in the NIT, I believe. Yeah. I think they turned it down even. <laughs> um, but they did not make the NCAA tournament, Ben Simmons. And I don't think Anthony Edwards and Georgia are going to make the tournament. And so that's like. That's no, not great. Georgia's not. And then, and then you're going to lose him. And then what? And you have no, like, recruiting. Like, you can't pitch that to other kids. Like, you come to Georgia, we'll go to the tournament, and you'll be the number one pick in the draft. Anthony Edwards would be the number one pick in the draft had he gone to anywhere else in the, anywhere in the world. That wouldn't right. have, Yeah, he's dragging that Georgia He stays right healthy. He's a top five pick. So, he's not, I mean, he, he drug, he's drugged Georgia to every win they've currently got. Period. But, yeah, it's not going to go well for them. Rumi Alcoro, you can make the case that it's gone extremely well for him because he wasn't considered a one-and-done kid. Right. So this is not like a top-five recruit in the country situation. He was top 40. Yeah. And usually those guys, unless they just have a great year, aren't going to the draft. Which is the kind of guy that Bruce really... Right. We're going to get more of that than we are Sharif Cooper, who is a one-and-done. Sharif Cooper's a, a... True blood, one and done. Like the true blue, no, no questions asked. Student section's ready for somebody else, though. See that? <laughs> yeah. In the post game of the, the LSU game this past weekend, they were uh, making sure Jalen Green knew he was one. I think I've ever heard anything like that before. Yeah, that is pretty wild. Pretty and not just at Auburn. I don't think I've ever heard anything like that before anywhere. I've never heard student section chanting a recruits well, name who okay. isn't at the game. So you, ha- you have to think about this though. I don't think there's any place in the country crazier about recruiting than, than the SEC. That's 100% true. But the good basketball school, Kentucky, they don't have to worry about trying right, to convince right. people to come there. So you wouldn't really see this anywhere else, and nobody else gives a crap about basketball recruiting. Yeah. And then very right. rarely do you have a, a top 10, top 5 player considering yeah. non-Kentucky right. SEC teams. Right. Yeah. So it, it, it's a weird situation for sure. Yeah, and, and it's not like he's like, you know, Sharif was an Auburn lean, Auburn commit from the very beginning. Sure. So it wasn't really up in you know in question. Jalen is like it was a very very contested recruitment. Um, Another so, like, hot take. leaning into it. Hot take that I had was me and our good friend Pablo Escobarner on Twitter <laughs> late last night got into a bit of a back and forth about comparing. I first of all I compared this team to the O three O four Detroit Pistons, Ryan. In 2003 and 2004, I know you weren't born yet, the <laughs> Pistons won the NBA championship. Uh, and it was a pretty big deal for a number of reasons. One, this was the first time. Uh, actually, did you guys know this is, that was the only year from 1993, I want to say, all the way until 2011 that the winner of the NBA the team that won the NBA Finals did not have Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, Tim Duncan on the team. It would be nice. And Kobe Bryant. Because, those those four. the Bulls won in 90. Yeah. So Michael Jordan, Tim Duncan, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant. Those four players won every single title besides, besides the Celtics title yeah, with KG say, and one. this Pistons final. But this Pistons was the first one. Yeah, this was, yeah, the Celtics were after that. So for 10 years... From Jordan, it was Jordan, Duncan, or Shaq that won it. Yeah, true. Because Shaq left L.A., went to the Heat, yeah. and won it there. So it was sort of like the uh, LeBron versus Steph. Again, I'm not including the years Jordan wasn't in the league. Sure. But if Jordan was in the league, he won it. And if he well, wasn't in the league, Duncan won it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Never mind. Anyway, Shaq not a lot of teams win the NBA championship is the point I'm <laughs> yeah. making. And a lot of competes. Go Hawks. And... Uh, the Pistons out of nowhere win this thing. Yeah. And they won it without a superstar. Did they have Rodman on this team? I don't know if she. Did they had Rodman 
on this team? No. That's what I was asking. No, no Rob, Robin. Robin was on, on this earlier. team um, a long, long no, Robin was a Piston in the 80s, 88, 89. I don't remember. I, I thought he was more of a thing. My first memory of Dennis Robin is a, a San Antonio Spur. Yeah, like 94. He was a Spur. Yeah. NBA and Jam. This 0304 team. He was getting ready to go on, on the, uh, the apprentice at this point. Your starting <laughs> lineup was Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, uh, who, who else? Was on ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, and uh, Tayshawn Prince. Yep, I was, I was, now, I was going next. The reason why the, I said this I team, hated I, the guy I hated watching play more than Tayshaun anything Prince. else in my life because he just does not look like a dude but, playing basketball. But was a problem. Oh, but defensively a problem, and he could shoot. Yeah. So, <laughs> but he just he like looked like he was walking everywhere he went. Yeah, on the floor. It was weird. long it was like, team. Yeah, I, I got to jump in here for a second. In the 2003-2004 season, do you uh-huh. know where Dennis Rodman was? He was a Maverick. Oh, he was in the G League. Oh, really? For the oh, Long Beach right. Jam. Hilarious. And then he played in Mexico the year after that. He played for the Mavs one year, and, and he wore was, like 75. Was that his last then, year? Yeah. He played in Mexico until 2006. Doesn't shock me in the least. <laughs> he, for T1. Because he, yeah. he went to L.A. and was on that uh-huh. L.A. team with that weird L.A. Malone team. and Peyton. And <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> that, around in that there. did not win... A championship. Anyway, this Pistons team was really good because they played bonkers defense. And you couldn't shut them down offensively because there was no one to key. They could all make shots. They could all play good enough to where one guy could go off if the matchup favored him. And they had a point guard and a shooting guard who refused to lose games. Just 100% refused to lose. Rip Hamilton and Chauncey Billups. When it got to the fourth quarter, would do something and just say, "Yeah, we're not. We're just not going to lose. I don't care what happens." And that's what reminds me of this team: is there's there's no guy that is okay. If we can stop Samir, sure. we win this game. No, Samir's had bad games and we've won. Mm-hmm. And Javon's had a couple bad, couple stinkers that Auburn has won because Auburn has five dudes and then. Somebody picks up. The Somebody side. else comes in. Look, we and every once in a while, they've got another dude named Devin Cambridge. Yeah, this is yeah. This is jumping, goes nuclear. This is jumping ahead, but we won a game against one of the better teams in the conference, uh, one of the top three teams in the conference, without Dangel, who it became abundantly clear pretty early on in that game. Oh, we missed this guy. Yeah, he plays really good defense. And with Anthony. Just not having a great game, being he, in foul trouble the whole time. He was zero points, zero eighteen minutes, and was oh five. He wasn't even minus eleven. His plus minus was minus. I would have meant so. It, it did it, not go well. I did. You know, before the season, I was kept saying I wanted to see Anthony play the four with Austin at the five. But what I think that ended up forcing is Anthony to think, oh, well, I just got to take threes. That's what Daniel yeah. does. I got to do his role. And. That didn't work out well. Yeah, they were they were defending um, Anthony pretty well. Anthony's a presence when he gets to play near the bucket. Right, and he didn't get to, um, and when he slips out to the yeah to the right, line, not when he's especially he's when, he's, he's when he slips out when he's guarded by a five. Yep, right. when he slips out guarded by a three or a four, it's yeah, not as effective. He's not going to dribble around those guys. He he can. Yeah. We've now seen he can dribble around another uh, another guy playing the five. Right, usually. Yeah. Um, but I think, and then, and then Esco Carter started, we tried doing comps, like player to player, and I think Samir is, I said Samir, young Ray Allen, he came back with Samir as a, a young man in Ginobili. Man, that is dead on. <laughs> he was dead, dead on. It hurts me, because I hate men in Ginobili. I, 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 I embraced him at the end of his career, and I felt bad that I didn't go back and embrace him at the beginning of his career, because it's nobody bad. found more interesting and creative ways to get two sure. points sure. and manage an open. He would find, it would be the weirdest angle, and it's all of a sudden his shoulders get square, and he makes a two-point basket, falling down, gets to the free-throw line. He could, he had the slightest dribble moves that didn't look like he was doing a whole heck of a lot, but guys could not stay in front of him. He played really good defense, well into the end of his career, yeah. really good defense, and was just... Seemed to be unfla- unfazed by a lot of Manu with more hair. Yeah, <laughs> young Manu. <maybe. laughs> so a little more swagger. I think I like that Samir to Manu. And I had was was Javon McCormick and Steve Francis. But I really do think he reminds me a lot of Steve yeah, Francis. Yeah, I agree. Can both that. jump out of the gym. 
Ryan didn't get to see any of the Street no. Francis era, no. unfortunately. I, I do not even know that name. No clue. Especially when he had the Maggie 55 jersey on. He looked exactly like Steve Francis. Steve Francis was a point guard went to Maryland and could jump out of the gym at like 5'8". People used to wear baggy clothing. Oh, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> Including yeah, that on the court. That 55 that J-Bomb was a small. He, in the I've seen that basketball. That's <laughs> yeah. the only dress. He, uh, That's my only favorite reference for basketball in the early 2000s, by the way. Yeah, great. I'm sure you know this. Mike, Yes. <laughs> Anyway, I thought that was fun, and uh, yeah, yeah, that was cool. We so, played Arkansas in basketball, yeah, and I, um, I really thought man. Arkansas was going to be a tough matchup for us. Turns out they were actually a really tough matchup. Yeah, for us. yeah, yeah. Uh, it, well, it's it, one of those places Auburn just hasn't really ever had success. Yeah, uh, and honestly, Auburn basketball hasn't had success most places. Right, but for a team that's been in the conference for most there. of the bad times of Auburn basketball, yeah. uh, it's, this was our fifth win there yeah. ever. Uh, and they're traditionally or have been yeah, they're usually pretty good. very good team. I mean, they they came into the conference and made two two finals and won one of them like right after they entered the conference. So uh, those Nolan Richardson teams back in the day were really tough to play against too. Um, so it's not surprising that we don't have a winner. They are the one of three SEC teams to ever win a national championship in men's college basketball. Florida, Florida, Kentucky, that's it, and Arkansas. Nobody else has ever won. One. If you had They're, had me guess that, I would have thought maybe LSU. Are they they won, went to the Final Four, I think, with Big they, Baby Davis. But I don't think they won. When they have uh, Pistol Pete, I don't think they ever won with Pistol Pete. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how many made the Final Four. It's probably five, maybe. Auburn's on that list. Yeah, Georgia didn't do anything with uh, Neep. No, <laughs> no, not to my knowledge. Maybe they did. I, I, I that was before I was born, right? I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying I ever saw him play basketball. I'm just saying he's a name that. I no, know. I saw him play basketball. Okay, okay. It's not at Georgia. Uh, so, uh, how often do teams win when somebody on the losing or on the other team scores forty points? Almost never. Yeah, it's uh, usually not a good sign. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I they mean, they kept talking. It could about be this. if no one else scores him. Right. Any they kept points. talking about him throughout this game. It's like, oh, he's had two thirty-point games in a row, and if he does it, this will be. And the first time in so many years that somebody scored three straight 30 point games. Sure. And I was like, oh, Auburn's going to shut him down. He's not going to get to 30. No way. And Cocky was, Ryan always gets, uh, yeah. gets it thrown. No, back. I didn't think he was going to shut him down. But I figured, <laughs> oh, like 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably the best he's going to get. Yeah. Under his average? Is yeah. That what you were thinking? Yeah. 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 And, well, uh, sure enough, he got to 30 and kept on chugging. Well, you know, it uh, helps that he got some extra time sure. to put those shots up. And, uh, yeah. So that, that that always helps. I, I I think at the end of the day, when we look at this uh, Isaac Okoro effect, we need to look at regu- points and regulation. Points per minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we need to look at points actually when he is matched up against sure, the best player. Which so I, I did find a way to get play by play data for basketball, which includes subs. Okay. I don't have the time to develop any kind yeah, of Ryan's that just, right now, but for next year, I'm going to try and do Ryan's going to have to go back, watch every game, see yeah, who's guarding who. Yeah, this. not going to do That's that. good off-season content. <laughs> um, I would love to do that. But, but the, the funny thing is, is Samir has been guarding the best player in a lot of cases. Yeah, usually if their best player is a guard, Samir is the one on him. Yeah. Um, um, that was the case in this game and in the LSU game. Yeah. Um, didn't really shut down their best players in those two games. No. no. Uh, shut down pretty much everybody else. Watford might be the most impressive offensive player I've seen this play. Um, I know he didn't score 40 points. Yeah. Um, uh, well, scored 30. Skyler May scored 30. Yeah. But, but Watford was just strong, could get to the hole, um, pretty much did whatever he wanted. Now, defensively, he was talking a lot of trash, but it was because – of the way that everybody was being allowed to play, he was just able to just manhandle yeah. people and, and Auburn, specifically not buy a bucket. Sp- specifically, Isaac Okoro, Okoro just kept driving in, and Watford would just foul the crap out of him. Oh yeah, well, he wouldn't call anything, and he wouldn't hit the shot because he got the crap yeah. foul out of him. So, um, I really, I've never like seen, plays. I've yeah. never seen a college basketball game where they let him play more. Yeah, even Tony Smith said that. But like, it was physical, man. But I, I don't. If it, as long as it's consistent. My only issue with, with officiating is if it's inconsistent. The fact that they were letting both teams get away with murder, my, I was fine with My that. only problem was, was they called fouls on our two big guys that were right. really soft 
yeah. really early in the game, and they did not call the other right other way. That was my only issue with them not calling. Was it got Austin into some sort of foul issue right. early on? Yeah, right. And and it does that does disadvantage us. I, I think letting people play physically disadvantages us because we need guys to get to the line. Right. And if our guys, if Austin's not getting to the line, it hurts us. Although. He ended up with 12 points and yeah, 12 10 team. rebounds. Um, Mr. Double-Double. I guess we've just kind of skipped that Arkansas game. We're running out of time I mean, here, right? No, we're, we're going to hit everything we need to hit. Okay. I mean, they both went to overtime, right? Yeah. Um, both, both never were, dealt. Both were stressed. Dude. Balls of stress. Uh, that, that LSU game I felt way less good about, at least because with Arkansas, I'm like, yeah, we're better than this team, so I think we could probably make this happen. With LSU, I was like, oh, man, this LSU team is good. We oh, can't no, yeah, going into the overtime, I was like, oh, man, I don't know who has the momentum here. It, it's, yeah. it's tight. And then we just come out there, and we're like, all right, we're going to win this thing. I was excited. We were hitting – I was hitting my seatmates. And then all of a sudden, uh, we felt – looked like we felt like we were comfortable with a six-point lead. And I was like, uh, guys, come on. You look up, and, and then it was oh, a well, okay, four-point lead. And then it was a – one point lead, and then it was, yeah, it was oh, he turned the ball over. Yeah. So, uh, did you guys see uh, after the game, uh, front of the program, uh, Justin Ferguson was talking to the guys in the locker room and was saying, oh, you know, I think you, I don't know if it was Samir or Javon he was talking to, and said, man, you guys looked like Jared and Bryce out there. Oh, and the Samir. response was, was no, we looked like Javon and Samir. Yeah, it was Samir. And, I mean, at the end of the game, <laughs> the last two minutes of the end of yeah. overtime, they could not miss. Yeah. Oh man. And then Javon in this game, like he knew it. He knew he was feeling it, and he just yeah. he 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 took us to that win. Javon like, did a. He's I, the only reason we made him. He's the reason we overtime. stayed in that game too, right. because he was. I think he had seven of those rebounds in the first half. Yeah. Jared and Bryce. I I like that Samir said that because we need to go ahead and put that team to rest. Sure. And stop. Right. Trying to compare every game and every team. And I, I think what we got with this team is a grit and grind. Yeah. We've got a guy in Javon who is tough as nails. Yeah. And that's a different kind of cat than we've and like Samir is a different kind of cat than we've had here in a while. Like he those guys are something, some other kind of thing in terms of the way that they like, like just the hundred percent confidence. Un unmitigated confidence. We've never we haven't had a guy a veteran guy like Samir, either. I mean, Samir's a fifth-year senior. Been around. Been here for three years. Been here for three years. Um, this is his third year, I guess. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we had seniors last year, right? And, and we do have Dangel, who's also a fifth-year guy. But um, I don't think Dangel's the leader on this team. Um, no. Samir, no he's, Samir he's the energy guy on the court. Yeah. But it's different than being the, the leader. I don't think anybody, he's got energy, all right. I don't think anybody talks over Javon. Oh, I think yeah. Javon Corn tells him to something that everybody shuts yeah. up. Yeah. And that dude won us a tournament game last oh, yeah. year, and the, the first one, and has won yeah. us now at least two games. Like, just yeah. all right, guys, I'm gonna back. Let's go. Yeah. We, we lose that game by 15 if Javon doesn't start knocking down shots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. guys, we were down by eight points with 70 seconds left in this yeah. game. Well, so it was yeah. Javon and Devin Cambridge at the end of the Yeah, that's, that's so true. He, seven of ten from three. Guys, Devin Cambridge he had, scored one, he had not scored one point the since the last years. time that yeah. he went off like that. Ever so often he goes supernova. It's just, he could the, not miss. The thing I figured out in this game about Devin is he comes into games and he is, takes him time to settle down. And it takes a little longer than you'd want it for some guy to settle on, down. But he had to be in this game because Anthony got in foul trouble. Because there's no Jangel. Yeah. And no Jangel. So he's in the game. So he was in the game for four or five minutes of game time. And he finally settled down and just started knocking shots down. Could not miss. Well, he's one of those guys that he's still figuring out the flow of college basketball. Yeah. Yeah. He, there's a lot of times, even in this game, where you saw him tripping over somebody on, on his team yeah. or 
going up against not gonna, you know, Wiley for a rebound. It's like, okay, you need to know where you're supposed to be. Not going to rebound out of somebody else's hand. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, he almost ran over Samir when Samir had the ball yeah. in half court. He's got a pretty stroke, though. He is a phenomenal shot. He can jump with anybody. Um, he's going to be a fantastic senior. Not as pretty as Samir. Stroke. Samir, no. that thing, it's a set shot three-pointer. It doesn't jump hardly at all. It's <laughs> gorgeous. So Learn from Anthony. And his free throw <laughs> form is, Samir's free throw form is what you would want to teach a kid. Yeah. He, he uses a little bit of leg, not too much, and it is 100% replicable. It looks yeah. exactly the same yeah. every time he takes yeah. a, free, a free throw. Um, That's what you get with a fifth-year guy. Yeah, I like Samir a lot. Um, and uh, talked a little trash to his old coach over there, didn't he? Samir will talk trash to anybody. Oh, he will. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm fine. so if you're not familiar, he played for Will right. Wade at VCU yeah. before he came to all Which I was not aware of yeah. until... I think I knew that, but I did not remember that. I did not know that they were there together. No. I didn't know that Will Wade was at VCU. Yeah. Jadal McCormick is the Bomani Jones all-star of anybody who makes it to Division A athletics at a Power 5 program who is not taller than five foot nine. Oh, it's a, it's Six a hard, foot. hard dude right He's there. He's the last dude you would like to get into a fight with. <laughs> yeah. Like the Sean Shivers of the Auburn football team. Sure. He, he'll fight anybody on the team, <laughs> anybody on somebody else's uh, team. Not they, ready, ready to do it right now. Uh, chainsaw something or others, how they described uh, Sean Shivers. Oh, no, that's uh, Kobe McClellan. Oh, right, yeah. Right. yeah. Ricochet Rabbit. <laughs> but yeah, Javon McCormick, if, if there were to be some sort of like a mouse at the palace type situation, I like Samir and J-Boss chances. Oh, yeah. Against I, any absolutely. other team we play this year. I do think, I think Samir would try to talk somebody down. Yeah, until, until he... I think he would instigate it and then try and talk somebody <laughs> yeah. down. Uh, Javon is just... Javon, nobody wants that smoke. No, nobody. Um, <laughs> Speaking of people who don't want that smoke, the Alabama Crimson Tide um, come into the friendly confines of Auburn Arena. At 5 p.m. Wednesday... Auburn has a little bit of no, payback. 6 I, I what's, the, that. what's the temperature check on Tide fans, do you think? Do you think they feel confident coming into this game? With their hard hats on, man. Maybe they just beat Georgia this week. Uh, they did. I, um, I just find it hard to believe that. Why would anyone be confident coming to Auburn Arena? They beat us by 20. Again, 19. why would anybody be confident? <laughs> Unless you're Ole Miss. We just beat. Ole Miss seems like the kryptonite for us. Well, that's true. Uh, Unless yeah, unless they get Kermit Davis to come coach for them. Alabama won by 19 last time we played, and Auburn looked horrible at every facet of the game. Yeah. So the question then is, how does Auburn defend Kyra Lewis? How does just, Auburn just keep talking shit about him? Yeah. Yeah, that's how we do it. He's an inefficient scorer. Oh, Ryan. Ryan. Just stop tempting Look. fate. <laughs> he he had his big night already. He scored uh, thirty seven against Georgia in the last game. Jesus. That's only his big night because it's bigger than the twenty five he scored against Auburn. <laughs> like he is a really good basketball player. Uh, um, Samir was in a funk at that point, though. Oh yeah, Samir was the start of the funk. That was Samir's was, worst game. He was quote unquote hurt. That's Samir's worst game, right? And Javon's worst game actually. Because every Alabama. Allegedly, was the only one in double digits in that game. Yeah. Alabama allegedly does not force turnovers. We didn't talk about how we had like three or four guys with 20 points. Yeah. <laughs> three yeah. guys with 20, 20 plus points. Crazy. Alabama yeah. does not force turnovers, according to Ryan's show notes. They don't. Even though against Auburn, they forced, I want to say 22? I don't know. No, no. I want to say. Auburn forced those Yeah, turnovers. yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if any of those were forced. We were just throwing the ball away. It was absurd. So, like, the ways that Auburn win game, wins games. Number one, it don't gets, turn the ball. It gets the free throw line. Number two, it gets a billion offensive rebounds. Yeah. So it's it's possessions last. For that, that's how we beat LSU. So right. We out rebounds. That's how we beat. We were plus seven on the offensive. That's board. how we've won twenty one games. Yeah. Oh, okay. it's exactly. offensive rebounds. Exactly. Uh, and then the other way Auburn gets to the line is it gets your players into foul trouble. Yeah. Alabama, according to Ryan's show notes, does not get defensive rebounds. They are two hundred sixty eighth in America. At the amount of offense rebounds they allow, they foul too much. They are 224th in America in free throws allowed. It makes you wonder how we lost to this team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it doesn't make a lick of sense, guys. We barely went in cold, and we almost always beat Bama in all. So, and at halftime, the ODK. It's not gonna, probably not going to happen again. Well, there's going to be a severe weather Wednesday. You know, it's going to be raining. <sighs> These people. 
At halftime of the game. Can't travel in the rain. <sighs> Auburn might be getting the Foy ODK trophy. For I, I, I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll get it. They probably just won't sing our fight song because we are cowardly and don't make our SGA just the worst. You heard it here, SGA people. What do you? I don't know. We put a gun to their heads. <laughs> I don't know how to make someone sing a fight song. We should just not also not cooperate if they're not going to cooperate. Now, John Petty can flat out play basketball. Yeah, he's a great and shooter. I really don't. People will talk his, crap his about basketball him skill is equal to the awfulness of his haircut. Right, he is leading Alabama in per. He's leading Alabama in win shares. He's leading Alabama, Alabama in blocks, box plus minus. He is a very good player. Sure, but he didn't do crap against us last time. No, that was a, probably the the only talked about. redeeming thing about him about about that game was that we held John Petty. I think uh, he didn't need to though because they scored. I think Okoro will probably be on him. Eighty three without yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> I think Okoro will probably be on Petty this time again because he guarded him a lot last time, I believe. If I'm Bruce, I'm putting Okoro on Kyra Lewis. Same. All right. Yeah. See if you can't guard the fastest guy on the court. I think Samir will probably be on him. Or Javon. We played some zone against LSU that was. uh, We did. um, We mixed it up. At first, when we first implemented it, it didn't go great. I talk about zone as if it's like, I say zones for cowards. The ironic thing is that I ran nothing but two things. <laughs> and that's all I ever wanted to run right. as a slow right. uh, post player. You don't want to run. <laughs> and a lot of times in games like this, if your other team you're playing against is really fast, it's good. Yeah. Uh, and also, if you can get turnovers out of a 2 3 zone, you usually have a pretty uncontested lane at the other end. Sure. And let me tell you something. But you can't heat out. Because Bama team gives up a lot of turnovers. Yeah, and I think you also get to play off of. Do a box. We don't have to play two three. They are three hundred and twenty nine steal percentage for yeah. offense. They Bo- give up. I think it's like twelve percent of possessions or steals. We did not turn them over. At we didn't all. We just played a really bad game. Yeah. That, that's all. If as long as we don't play bad, we're, we're going to win this game. Like that. That's really all there is to it. And then we got Mizzou at five p.m. on Saturday. That's the one that uh, Ken Palm says we could possibly lose, right? Well, I mean, I think it's like 60, 61-39. I mean, it's or because we're at Mizzou. Yeah, yeah. we're not great. But away also, Mizzou's we are great. Mizzou's this either them or Vandy's the worst team in the conference. Really? Yes. Why, Missouri is, why is that awful this year? Why is that the game? Why did the we game let them into the conference? Don't why did I mean they're three, they're three let, eight in the SEC? The, the reasoning was the supposed to be they were supposed to be a basketball tenniest, school, the big tenniest Big Twelve school into the SEC. Got to get another J school in there, Florida. They were supposed to be the basketball school. They were supposed to be bringing in a competition for Kentucky, and they've been horrible at basketball. Been really bad. Ever since. Well, they won the East. They got rid of Quinn Snyder. It, not in basketball. No, in, in football. Quinn Snyder wait somewhere else. That guy. That is the most mob boss looking dude. <laughs> dude. The Quick Center Missouri era. I know, they were great. They were good, but they uh, it ended well. Let's put it that way. So this uh, Missouri team is one of the worst what shooting teams team? in the country. Oh, sorry. He Probably. resigned and then accused the AD of sending an a analyst to inform him he'd be fired. Jeez. One of the worst shooting teams in the country, so you know they're going to hit probably – 13 or 14 threes against us. Oh, yeah, us. they're definitely going to hit a lot of threes against us because that's what And then just go do. ice cold in the last five minutes. Yeah, let's hope. That's what happened. Um, they're 298th in effective field goal percentage and 311th in turnover percentage. So what do you do on offense if you cannot make a shot and you consistently turn the ball over? How, how do you fix that? You got any options there? Yeah, there's none. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? How are they scoring points? Uh, they don't. They're they're two. They're two highest guys in usage percentage. Have effective field goal percentages at like forty one percent. Are they averaging like forty points a game? Uh, I think it's like fifty something. Oh, yeah. why? Why? They're they're not. Why was this the team that we were? They're, they are missing one of their best guys, uh, Jeremiah Tillman. He's. 6'10", and I think he might actually be back for this game. Oh, awesome. He came back for the A&M game awesome. and then missed whoever Missouri played this weekend. I'm not sure. 
Big body that can get to the rim. Look, I'm not. I'm not we'll super goes. afraid of big body. I mean, we got Austin. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And they they do have a decent defense, but Austin can part of that decent defense is no, because it's gonna be Nick Richards. Oh, yeah, geez, no, he's got right. to do a lot to be that dude. Nick Richards had an unbelievable yeah. season. I think and like, because he's gonna get close to averaging a double double. So. He's pretty much there. I think he's at eleven nine. Um. Sorry, knock us off track for talking about Mizzou. No, just like I said, the last thing about the Missouri team, we might hit 50 free throws nice. this game. That'd be sweet. Because uh, all they I know all they do is pressure. I, so I hate they, I hate whistles, but yeah. man, I love it when we hit free throws. They they go after the ball a lot, so they're pretty good at turnovers and yeah. are really, really bad at fouling. Okay. Well, that sounds awesome. So this so, could be a very ugly basketball game, or which has happened a lot in the last few weeks. Everything I just said could be wrong, and they get a bunch of shots on offense. Don't foul. They'll have a dude score forty points. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's it going to be like? Forty points. <laughs> we get to twenty-three wins after this week. That's my that was my prediction before the year started. I yeah. said twenty-five, and you were. We thought you were aggressive at twenty-five. I said twenty-three. And <laughs> if Auburn goes four and four the rest of the way, they get to twenty-five wins. Yep. Yeah, I had Auburn losing to Kentucky twice, and I had Auburn losing to Florida, and what they had, I had Auburn losing. Yeah. I think it had us losing to Arkansas and Ole Miss. Like crazy. The, the toughest games left are at Kentucky. Obviously, that's far and away sure. number one. Yeah. And then you've got at Tennessee to end the season, which we'll see. I mean, if they go on a run, they could be I mean, more anything like can happen. Team, Auburn but, basketball rival Tennessee. Right. Yeah, that is our biggest rival. Yeah, and anything can happen in. in Basketball. I would also they'll, say they'll get up for Bruce Pearl. I'm not yeah. overlooking Alabama on Wednesday. Yeah. I want to go Alabama and say the other. Oh no, I want, but I want to destroy them. Right, forty point win will sure be enough. I, I always want to beat them so bad they they fold whatever program it is we're playing them in. Yes, yeah, but this is their Super Bowl. You know? Yeah, right. Should be ours. Our guys are going to be. Bruce is not going to let these guys forget that they yeah. lost by 19 points to these bunch of jokers over in uh, yeah. Tuscaloosa. So this is their elite eight because they're not going to go to the actual. One. <laughs> no, they so might. Is, they might the NIT. the NIT. Yeah. Right. And then losing the first. Look, round. I don't. Here, here's my thing. I don't really want to make. I, I've seen earlier today a lot of people making fun of this Alabama team because the, they're not doing. They're not great. And the talent level is high. That's that's the thing. The talent level there is high. And they are Florida. missing a player. They're not. It's not Auburn. Yeah, Herb Jones. It's that's not Auburn. Issue. When Bruce got here, the talent level was not high. You right. know, he didn't do well, but it's still, they got some players. They could. They got some pros. Yeah, they should yeah. be better than they are. Kyra Lewis is a pro. So He's a it's it's the same same old Alabama story. <laughs> I don't know why. Right. Right, Kyra Lewis will be playing professional basketball next year. He'll be okay. paid to play basketball in next Horace year. Horace Spencer's playing professional basketball. <laughs> no, hey, Kyra Lewis will be playing in the in the either the G League or the Big Boy League next year. Okay, he is that fast. Well, why isn't uh, Anthony Schwartz playing in the G League next year? He's that fast. Because Anthony Schwartz, I don't know if he can dribble. I don't know anything about Anthony Schwartz. <laughs> he's he's also skill. like five eight. Right. Kyle Lewis had 37 points in a regulation college basketball Yeah, against Georgia. It doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) This guy, guy Arkansas, had 40, so what? He had 25 against... Yeah, they got Arkansas really good, too. (laughs) We didn't talk about how Halliburton is out for the season. Is that what it's Yeah, yeah. It's It's not a conference guy, but... uh, Yeah, we played him really this year. It's unfortunate for him. Yeah. He'll be playing in the league, though. He's a lottery pick. He's a top 15 pick. Yeah. Yeah. Easy peasy. He's probably the first upperclassman. He is. Or not upperclassman, the first non-freshman. He kind of bothers me in the same way Tayshaun Prince bothers me. Just his look. Like, the super skinny, yeah. like, not, I don't know. Tayshaun Prince could flat out play. Oh, he could, dude. Just so good. Just horrible looking. Well, <laughs> that's our show. We're sticking to it. Who knows? Four Eagle. <laughs>